Well, today is a day of great gratitude. <clears throat> so many things to be thankful for. I hope your heart is overflowing with gratitude, not just with worry about finals or exhaustion at the end of the semester, but with gratitude, though. For Easter, right? Christos anesti, alithos anesti, right? Okay, he's risen. Indeed, he is risen. For the end of the school year, think ahead. This time, one week from today, not even one week, five days from today, less than a week from today, you are free from your studies. Maybe you failed your courses, but the courses are over. So you're free. Gratitude for our seniors, right? Some of you, it's your last mass before you graduate from Carroll. Uh, not your last mass, your last Sunday mass, right? And what a gift, right? to have great years and memories for our moms, huh? to be thankful today for motherhood and for the great gift of our mothers, right? But how about just for life, huh? To be thankful for life and not just bios, right? Some of your bios is at low ebb right now as you're tired at the end of the semester, but for, for zoe, the other Greek word for life, for real life, for the life that Jesus shares with us, that he gives to us, which includes everything, his love, his grace, his mercy, his hope, his peace, that life. We got a lot to be thankful for, for this year, for the life that God gave us this year. So just take a moment and think for a second of all the ways your life has been rich and good this past year. New friends, old friends, new memories, new experiences, new possibilities, laughing with friends about good things and funny stuff, even comforting one another when it's difficult. Our life has been rich this year. God's good. He is really, really good. And none of it, none of it, none of the great adventure of life happens unless someone had said yes to your life. Someone had said yes to you and your existence. And I'm not just talking about your moms. I'm talking first and foremost about God, who says yes to you and to your existence. Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you. Or the psalmist in the great 139th Psalm. You formed my inmost being. You knit me in my mother's womb. You look around this chapel tonight. Nobody here is a random accident of chance. You are willed and desired. You have been created and made by a God who knows you and loves you. We're not random accidents. It's not just by chance. Every single person here, every single person you meet, God has said yes to you. He has said yes to you. And here's the neat thing. His yes to you was met by a human yes to him. At the very least, by your mom, 
Chances are by your mom and your dad and a whole bunch of other people who were excited and joy-filled that you would be coming into this world. The chances are that you had a great family if you made it to Carroll College. Now, I know not everybody has a perfect family. In fact, nobody does. Not even Jesus, by the way. Okay, there was Joseph in the corner. Do you ever think that maybe Jesus and Mary messed with him a little bit? Just be like, hey, son, how was your day? Oh, it was good. Mom, got to ask you a question. Did you sin today? Mary's like, no, I didn't. Did you, son? No, I didn't. And then they look over like, Joe? And he's like, oh, I need you both. I need you both. I need a savior, right? Okay. The yes that God makes is met by a beautiful human yes. That's the story of our faith. That's how the adventure of our faith unfolds. When the yes of God is met by yes on the part of humans. Think about it. God's yes to us. So the Father says yes to saving a sinful humanity. The Son says yes to the Father's plan to send him as one of us. The Holy Spirit says yes to dwell within the hearts of all those who would come to life through Christ and to make us adopted sons and daughters. A great exuberant, joyful yes from God to us. And then on our part, beautiful yeses. Mary's yes to the plan announced by Gabriel. Joseph's yes to take Mary into his home when she's pregnant and it's not his. The apostles' yes when Jesus says, come, follow me. And then down through the ages, right down to today, to May 8th, 2020, hearts saying yes to God's great yes. That's for us. That's for us. His yes is irrevocable. It's a constant offer to each one of us. The question is this, what do we say in response? What does our yes look like? Is it strong? Is it joyful? Is it generous? Is it courageous? Or is it timid and fearful? Halfway, unsure? Well, the call tonight is to strengthen our yes to the God who says yes. Will it be easy? No. Your yes to God will not be easy. The first reading tonight, we see Paul and Barnabas on mission, going out. Having said yes to God, now they go out on mission. And what do they encounter? Both people who say yes and people who say no. Some people are drawn to Jesus because Jesus is not neutral. He either draws people or he repels people. So some are drawn, and it looks like everything's going fine, and then some stir up opposition. And it's fierce. It's not just any type of opposition. It's fierce opposition. And they basically get kicked out of town. Now, what do they do in the face of that opposition? Curl up, suck their thumbs, 
go into a corner, hug their knees and rock themselves. No. They shake the dust from their feet and then they're filled with the Holy Spirit and with joy, as it says. See, they're filled with that joy and that Holy Spirit because their confidence is not in themselves. It's never been about them. Their confidence is in the Lord whom they have met and who they know. St. Paul will write later to Timothy. He says, I know him in whom I have believed. I know him in whom I have believed. He knows the Lord. And that gives him the courage to be about the mission. Paul and Barnabas know Jesus not just from someone who told them, but from a personal experience. And they know him secondarily because they have been known by him primarily. Jesus, in tonight's gospel, when he's speaking about the sheep of his flock, which includes us. See, those weren't just for his first followers. Those words were for us. They're for every follower of Jesus Christ. He says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. I know them. Jesus knows us. He knows you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. He knows you. And he chooses you. Jesus says earlier in John's gospel, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you to go and bear fruit that will remain. You did not choose me. I chose you. The fact that you're here, the choice that you made to be here tonight is a great choice, by the way, but it's secondary. God chose you first. He beat you to it. He chose you first because he knew you, called you by name, and he's been at work way longer than you've been responding. He's been at work in ways you could never even track. He chose you. He called you. And then he sends you. That's the thing. See, Jesus, he is ultimately confident in what he is about. Because even for him, he said, it's not just me in this. He says, no one can take them out of my hand. The Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one can take them out of the Father's hand. That's it. Jesus knows you. He has chosen you, and you are in his hands. And no one, save you, can take yourself out of the Father's hands. We're the only ones. We can hit the self-eject button by falling into sin and rejecting God. Or we can stay faithful. We can continue to say yes. And that yes will carry us through because God's yes is irrevocable. And if we say yes to that yes, there's nothing and no one that can separate us from him. And for that reason, then, we go out on mission.
It's mission time, Carroll College. The world better be a better place because school is out at Carroll College. We have a mission to accomplish. Every one of us, we're known, we're chosen, we're loved into existence, but we're also given a task to do. Every single person here, St. John, Henry Newman, he understood that. He said this, God has created me to do him some definite service. He has committed some work to me, which he has not committed to another. I have my mission. Great lines for us to hear at the end of the year. God has created me to do him some definite service. You have a definite work to do for the sake of the world, for the salvation of souls. And it's been entrusted to you in a way that it has not been entrusted to anybody else. He has committed some work to you which he has not committed to another. You're necessary. You are needed. If ever there was a time that needed hearts to say yes to God's yes, it's this time. A joyful yes, a generous yes, a courageous yes, a yes that's not afraid in the face of opposition. That's the mission. That's it for every single one of us. And that's what we need to be about. Not just to know Jesus in a nice private way, but to proclaim him, to live our faith in action and in reality, in a way that changes the world. You know what it's like if we choose to live our faith just quietly and personally and privately so no one else sees it? It would be like if we had the choice to stay in the womb, known, loved into existence, nurtured, but then we never leave the womb because it's scary out there. Now, my friends, that would be a great disservice to your mothers. Could you imagine? 19 years of pregnancy. They'd be like, no, no way, not happening. See, we're, we're formed, we're nurtured in a very safe environment so that we can leave that very safe environment. That's one of the great difficulties for mothers is that the ones they know and love and nurture so well have to leave and then go into a world that isn't so safe. But that's where their love carries us through. It's the same with the church. It's the same here at Carroll. If you think Carol's difficult in terms of living your faith, my friends, grow up. It's easy here. It's really easy. Do you have challenges? Sure. Is there some opposition? Sure. Yeah, we shake the dust from our feet and we move forward with joy in the Holy Spirit. We gotta go to a world that's bleeding out, that's terrified of itself and of death and just pretends like everything's fine. A quarter of your generation contemplated suicide in the pandemic. 
quarter. Tell me that's a healthy culture. Tell me that's a culture that doesn't need to hear the good news. Well, friends, we have the good news. We've got our Lord. We have him to bring to the world. And it's time to do it. So that's the mission. That's it right there. You have a definite work to do this summer. Your parish, your hometown, your internship, your neighborhood should look better and different because Carroll College is on break. God gives us everything we need, every single thing, every grace, every resource. We lack nothing, nothing, nothing. If you're separate from your friends, say, hey, let's all pray at 6 p.m. all together. Let's do the Angelus and you won't be separate from your friends. No, but I really feel separate from them. Then go to Mass. Because if you receive Jesus in the Eucharist, you're united with the whole church throughout the world, including your friends who are 300 miles away. If you don't know what the church teaches, oh, I don't know, this parish isn't very alive, I'm not sure, then find a resource online. We have everything we need, everything, because we have our Lord himself. And so let's go. Let's be born. Let's leave the womb and go out into the world with the joy and the courage of apostles. It's apostolic times, my friends. It is apostolic times. We go in the power of the Holy Spirit and we bring Christ himself and we do it together. Together. God has said yes to us. My dear friends, so many times throughout this year, you've said yes. Now, as we leave for the summer, Say yes.